the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Monday, July the 12th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today on July 12, 1984, Democrat presidential candidate Walter Mondale, he announced his choice of U.S. Representative Geraldine Ferraro of New York to be his running mate, vice president. Ferraro was the first woman to run for vice president on a major party ticket. She would not be the last, of course. We currently have a woman as vice president, as you know. She may be president. They just may not have told us yet. I don't know. Today in 1862, during the Civil War, President Abraham Lincoln signed a bill authorizing the Army Medal of Honor. Today in 1909, the House of Representatives joined the Senate in passing the 16th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution that allowed for a federal income tax. And they submitted it to the states. It was declared ratified in February 1913. Took them a while, from 1909 to 1913. Today in 1957, President Dwight Eisenhower was flown by helicopter from the White House to a secret mountaintop location as part of a drill involving a mock nuclear attack on Washington. That was 1957. Today in 1960, Etch-A-Sketch. You've seen those things. They've been around a long time. They're kind of improved now. I was looking at one, in fact, the other day in a, in a store, and um, I thought, man, they've really improved that. But the Etch-A-Sketch, you could write, kids could write on there. And the old ones, you could kind of pull up a flap, a kind of a page, and it would disappear. And then they you got to where you could just shake them, and it would disappear. Well, anyway... That was invented today in 1960 by a French electrician, and it was first produced in Ohio. Today in 1991, a Japanese professor, um, Hitoshi, I think that's how you pronounce his name, Hitoshi Igrashi, he's the guy that translated uh, Solomon Rushdie's Satanic Verses. That was a writing that was critical of Islam. He was found stabbed to death nine days after the novel's Italian translator was attacked in Milan. Today in 1994, President Clinton visiting Germany. He went to the eastern sector of Berlin. That's the first U.S. president to do so since Harry Truman. And today in 2003, the U.S. Ronald Reagan, first carrier named for a living president that was commissioned in Norfolk, Virginia. President Donald Trump won pretty by a pretty big margin, won a um, kind of a straw vote at the Conservative Political Act, CPAC, Texas. They had their Texas event over the weekend, and yesterday they had a, uh, it, it was an anonymous vote. I mean, people didn't write their names on it or anything, but uh, 70% of all the ballots cast for who they wanted to be the next uh, Republican nominee for president of the United States. 70% of the ballots cast in this anonymous straw 
poll or straw vote <clears throat> was for Donald Trump. Um, that's a boost. In January, I think it was January, they had their, um, maybe it was February. Anyway, first part of this year, they had their CPAC meeting in Orlando, Florida. And at that time, just several of those months ago, Trump got 55% support in a, um, and that was a national event there in, in Orlando. This was just for Texas, supposedly. But anyway, it went from 50, 55% to 70%, which either indicates that Texas is more for Trump, the Republicans, the conservatives, than Florida, or it, maybe there's some change of minds. I, I don't know what, exactly what all that could mean, but that's what happened over the weekend. No other candidate or possible candidate, I mean, there are no candidates, but no other possible candidate got above 1%, including Mike Pence. They were all below 1%, except for Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. He got 21% in the voting. So Trump got Trump got uh, 70%, and DeSantis got 21%. And no one else, there were about 19 on the list of people, Nikki Haley, Mike Pence, and so on. They all got less than 1%. Again, I'm not sure what that means, but I just thought I would mention it to you. There's a lot of thinking going on in the conservative Republican um, quarters around the country. Paul Pelosi, he's the husband of uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. He's a multimillionaire. It's interesting it's in the news today. Generally, the media will bypass this. They won't mention it because he's one of them. But um, he bought Amazon call options on the stock just six weeks before the Pentagon announced it was canceling a multi-billion dollar contract with Microsoft and starting a new one that opened the door for Amazon's participation. That's called insider trading. It's illegal. Martha Stewart went to prison for that kind of thing. Her husband wasn't the Speaker of the House or whatever, but she got some inside information from someone whom she knew in a co company that was going to be a, a, a stock-altering decision that was coming down, and she acted on that, apparently. And she ended up in prison for, what was it, nine months or something like that. I doubt that Paul Pelosi will, there will be any consequences for him, but it's interesting how these people live above the law and um, function as though it's their right to do so. The Biden Pentagon just announced last Tuesday, just, abrupt, abrupt, just out of the blue, really, that it was canceling the multi-billion dollar, it's called Jedi Cloud Services contract with Microsoft. That's where they store data. And they're starting a new one that Amazon can compete for. Amazon was shut out of the last one. So um, anyway, Paul Pelosi, how in the world did he find that out? <laughs> Paul Pelosi knew in advance and bought a bunch of stock. I read somewhere there was around, he made like $6 million on his buy, his options. I don't know that, but somebody was saying that in an article that I read. But anyway, that's a little bit of what's going on on the other side of the aisle, as they, as they say. Reading this morning, I read one of the, one of the chapters or one of the, some verses from the 
Old Testament from Psalms that I have heard, read, and read since I was a kid. Perhaps some of you have as well, but let me read it to you because it fits in with what we're trying to say today on this program. Psalm 1, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners. I'm reading from my New King James this morning. I use King James and I use New King James. I look at other translations as well, but generally, and I usually use the King James, not trying to be, you know, locked in that particular time era, but it, it it is marked up from cover to cover, and so is my New King James. But um, many of the verses that I mentioned on this program, I've memorized, and I memorized them in King James uh, years ago. So anyway, I'm reading from my New King James this morning. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Powerful words from God himself. The Aspen Institute is touted as a nonpartisan organization celebrated for the thinkers and the influences and the influencers involved in the Institute who work daily to create solutions for the problems in our culture. It's an exalted organization. It's not governmental, but it's locked at the hip with the current administration. Some of the well-known faces on this newly formed nonpartisan commission that is part of the Aspen Institute, they're calling it the Commission on Information Disorder. Commission on Information Disorder or disinformation. Some of the well-known faces on this committee, you'll know. Katie Couric, remember her? Oh, yes. Prince Harry, he's on this committee. And far-left mega-donor Catherine Murdoch. Murdoch, as in Fox News. If the Institute didn't have a lot of influence, I wouldn't even talk about it today. But it's seen and read by millions of people, and more importantly, what they come out with in these commissions and committees and and various projects that they come up with really does influence the left, particularly this administration, and every single time it influences the media. They act on the things these people say, and that's why I wanted to talk to you for a few minutes about it today. If the Institute didn't have influence, I wouldn't bother with it. I'll, I'll be honest with you, because who cares what these people are thinking? except that what they're thinking is going to be translated into the current administration and into a very receptive and ready-to-do-at-command press, media, electronic, television, radio, and the print, the newspapers and magazines and so on. They're called a a bipartisan organization, but they're not. 
Well, they claim to be finding solutions to misinformation. They actually are the problem. They reflect the misinformation. Their recently formed Commission on Information Disorder includes, in fact, a group of partisans. They're working to push the misinformation of the far left right out into center stage and advance the progressive agenda. It's like the blind leading the blind. Top figures on this Aspen Institute recently formed commission. They themselves have previously spread inaccurate information. They have pushed misinformation and they continue to do it. But yet they are going to be the arbiters of what is true information. That's how screwed up our culture is today. There's one token so-called moderate Republican on this whole deal. He's not, he's a former Texas representative. I can almost guarantee you, unless you you live in Texas or have kids that live there or whatever, you probably had never heard of him or unless you pay a lot of attention. I have barely heard of him and I pay a lot of attention to what's going on to do this program every day. Will Hurd, he's the Republican on the committee. He's a former Texas representative and um, he's retired or lost. I don't know how he got out, but anyway, he's out. He's a former. But their recommendations, which are nothing more than Democrat talking points, will have considerable influence on all of the news organizations. Each story will begin with, quote, a recent survey has found that whatever they're talking about. There's always a recent survey that has found. That's what these people do. They put out recent surveys that find exactly what the left once found so they can report on it in the news and mislead the millions of people who get up every morning, they go to work, they work hard, they take care of their family, they come home, they fix dinner, they maybe watch five minutes of TV or they turn on the headlines. They don't have time to set and analyze this stuff like we're doing right now, generally. And the left knows that. And those who seek to mislead people know that and they always prey on the shortness of time or the lack of attention that others are paying to whatever it is they're talking about. But it's nothing more than Democrat talking points, far left, progressive, so-called progressive. The group consists of some of the top media figures, former government officials, tech executives, academics, so-called, who have jointly set out to pinpoint the causes of misinformation and disinformation and to propose solutions to combat the spread of this disinformation and misinformation in the culture. So they're going to set it straight. They're going to tell you and me what is true and what is not true. Oh, we've already seen that begun, but this is taking it to the to a whole new level. Some of the most recognizable names on the commission include Prince Harry. Yeah, that Prince Harry. He's here running America now. He's going to be making decisions about what's true and what's not, what's information and misinformation. Katie Couric, Catherine Murdoch, there, there are others, but you probably know these names. The name Murdoch is associated with Fox News. I'll come back to that in a moment. But when this announcement was made, the American Principles Project, that's a conservative organization, said, wait a minute, they wrote this scathing letter to them last week, criticizing the Aspen Institute of, quote, engaging with known partisans to tackle disinformation. They said what 
you and I are thinking the minute we hear about this. But we take a closer look at the actors on stage and you see just how deeply embedded in deceiving the public these people really are. And they are. I know Katie's preppy and cute and all of that. I mean, I don't think she is, but a lot of people do. And she's real, um, you know, full of energy and she's always, you know, up and so on. Katie Kirk, she was on NBC for years. Well, she's still, you know, going like mad. She's not on there, but she's active out there doing these kind of things now. But they're, in a calculated way, they are misleading the public. They're putting their far-left agenda on the public as though we have researched this, and you should know that this is the truth. That's their message. So this... American Principles Project, they wrote this scathing letter to them. Some of the people on this commission have given a lot of money, millions and millions of dollars. In fact, one of the guys on this commission, his name is Craig Newmark. You probably may not recognize his name, but you will when I tell you what he founded. But he gave $3.3 million to start this new commission within the Aspen Institute to figure out what is true and what is not true, and then let the public know so we can all embrace their truth, so to speak. But this Craig Newmark, he's given $3.3 million to seed this and to get it started. He's also contributed to a number of far-left journalism schools and far-left organizations, including Mother Jones, ProPublicly, those kinds of organizations. Newmark is the founder of what we know as Craigslist. He's been brutally critical of President Trump while he was in office, and he continues to be after Trump is out. He compares him. In fact, in one case, he was publicly comparing Trump's response to the rioting in Portland to Nazi Germany. I mean, just going for it. And the media was, of course, reporting every word breathlessly. That was just within months, just this last year. But he's also heavily supported candidates like Kamala Harris, then-Senator Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren, Senator Tammy Duckworth. She's that flaming lesbian from Illinois who's always pushing her agenda, and it isn't in service to the United States. And others like that. That's who he supports. He's regularly funded studies that, quote, found that the media did the right thing, He put out a report here recently. He didn't, but he funded one from another organization that put out a a study. It was put out as though it were an in-depth study. And the study found that the, the media did the right thing to suppress the Hunter Biden laptop story. And everybody was going, what do people in America? I mean, is that a true poll? And they looked into it. When they looked into it, they found out that this guy, Newmark, had funded it because He wanted a certain result. They gave him that result. They said, after, you know, all of this survey, we have found that the the media did the right thing to suppress the Hunter Biden laptop story at the time they did. That's who these people are. And Newmark has been very supportive of this Nicole Hannah-Jones. She's the New York Times writer that started the 1619 Project, which we've talked about a great deal on this program. She's been extensively discredited, even by some who kind of are on the left, but they just can't stomach what the left is saying right now. 
There's nobody that's really adding much critical thinking support to this 1619 project. It's crazy. They're teaching it in school, of course. And the left, that are with this crazed look in their eye, I mean, they're running with it. But even, even people on the left who pause and give it some serious thought are saying, well, I don't think that's true. He helped fund that and fund her. So when you talk about disinformation disorder and you see these people being put out there to solve this problem of disinformation disorder, you've got to pause. Katie Couric, she's been in journalism for years. As I said, she hosted NBC's Today Show for more than a decade. She won a couple of Edward R. Murrow Awards, Walter Cronkite Award, several Emmys. I don't know what all, but a bunch of stuff. She's been exposed several times for misleading news coverage, and she's repeatedly shown bias. One of them that I remember, the one case in point, she deceptively edited. Back in 2016, there was a documentary, and it it was about the Second Amendment. And, of course, she's very opposed to the Second Amendment, or she says it doesn't mean what it says and so on. But they did this documentary, and, and she, of course, did it. She was the voice and the, the moderator. But in it, she uh, and her editors, they, um, they, they created the tape, they created the narrative on screen and the, and the audio to make it appear that when she asked the question of these you know, pro-Second Amendment people, conservative Americans, there was a long pause before they could answer the question about background checks. And it gave the public an impression that they didn't really know how they felt about it. They saw that. These people that were interviewed, these guys, and this uh, they were part of whatever, NRA or whatever it was, They were, but they were just people, just citizens like you and me. When they saw that, they really... Um, reacted to it and they contacted NBC and and so on. Well, anyway, it worked its way into the news and it became public and the group demanded that it be corrected and it was and NBC finally had to report that they had made an error in editing. That there was no pause. When the question was asked how they felt about background checks, boom, they gave their answer. But the video was was produced to make you think they were a very, pretty uncertain about it, which would raise uncertainty in the minds of millions of people who were sitting passively watching this. That's how it works. It isn't just, it's like like Satan, the great deceiver, didn't just run up to Eve and say, I want you to rebel against God today. That's what we're going to do. Oh, no. Oh, no. You know the story. He came up to her and said, do you do you think God would really cause you to die? Did he really say that? Oh, sure. God is love. God wouldn't. He had a conversation with her. And that's exactly how people are misled day in and day out. And if we're not anchored to the truth, the truth of God's word, it's easy to be misled. Katie Couric is masterful at those kinds of things. She has a history. It's habitual. Why is Prince Harry a member of England's royal family? What's he doing on this committee? I mean, it's a very important commission, as I've said, because of the influence that they have. 
on the prison administration and the press. I mean, why does Prince Harry have the power to potentially shape future U.S. policy? Well, because he's famous. And he and Meghan are struggling and creating a new life. Yeah, of course. Very recently, Harry, I'm talking about in the last few weeks, Prince Harry was calling our Second Amendment bonkers. That's what he called it. I guess that's kind of an English word for a bad thing. It's bonkers. Well, that's the same thing the king was telling the revolutionaries in 1776 over there in the colonies here in America. He was saying, well, that Second Amendment's bunkers. We don't want those people to have guns. Nothing has changed. Prince Harry. Catherine Murdoch, she's also on that group that's going to be helping set policy and straighten out this misinformation that's going on out there. She's a mega donor. She's wife of James Murdoch, who is one of the two sons of Rupert Murdoch. She's a daughter-in-law to Rupert. The, the Murdoch family controls Fox News, among many other things, Wall Street Journal, a whole bunch of stuff they own. They're billionaires. James and Catherine are leftists to the core. She's contributed millions to far-left organization. Her husband, James, gave $20 million to Biden just last year and affiliated organizations. After Fox News called the 2020 election for Joe Biden, Catherine tweeted, we did it. That's who she is. You may remember that President Trump called the media the enemy of the people. Friday, Rasmussen, or Rasmussen, some pronounce it, they published a survey of people's response to the question, is the news media really the enemy of the people? 58% of all voters said yes, we believe they are. Of those, 34% strongly felt and agreed with that, with that statement. 24% said they believed it or somewhat believed that the media is the enemy of the people. Interesting. When asked, do you trust the political news you're getting, only 37% of voters, this was published Friday, only 37% of voters said yes, while 43% said no. And 20%, 20% said they don't know how, how they feel about that. They're confused. The spirit of our age is one of tolerance, but the church is the keeper of the timeless truth. Too often Christians in our culture throw discernment to the wind and accept everything that's labeled Christian or even moral without testing it to be sure that it truly aligns with the truth of God's word. The consequences are disastrous, and we're seeing those consequences in our culture today. We have got to come to a point today we as Christians, where we enhance, we, we practice the gift of discernment. And God's Holy Spirit gives us discernment. And discernment is based on the premise that we know what God's Word says. So we've got to be informed as to what's going on in our culture. And more importantly, we've got to be informed as to what God says in His Word. These people on this committee, Gary Randall, whomever, Joe Biden, whomever, is not the final arbiter. God's word is the final arbiter. We've got to look to God's word to have an understanding of what is true and what is not. That's the age in which we live. That's what's happening in our culture 
today. Hey, we'll continue this conversation tomorrow. Thank you for your support. We need it. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009.